and welcome to episode two, season two of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charlotte. And this week we are back with part two of Heather's epic Adventures by Disney trip. I hope Korea. you guys aren't bored with it yet. It was just such a good trip. We I couldn't stop talking. So I'm not bored. I think it's now amazing. it's part two. <laughs> yeah. But I, one thing I, I, I meant to mention in the first episode and I just didn't have a chance, but I want to make sure that we're clear. Your mileage may vary. You could do another Peru Adventures by Disney, and it is not going to be exactly the same necessarily. Correct. Things might be out of order. There may be different, you know, sort of special moments. There may be different um, activities, you know, like depending on what time of year you're going, maybe white rod rafting isn't, you know, like it's every, everyone is completely unique. So we want to make sure that we let you know that. Yes. And that I think is a good point to start off with is this is where ABD really shines is that they read the room, right? They, oh, these people might really like to see this. Like it was a group of adults. Let's go to that Incan bar that we talked about last week. Or <laughs> yeah. really what they were like, oh, it's a it's a room full of travel agents. <laughs> Bring on the booze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like the, things like that. And I am about to get into probably the most special magical moment I've ever experienced anywhere, period, um, that may not happen for you because it just depends on the time that you have. Um, but so, and and adventure guides are also really good at reading um, the time of year you are and how busy it is. So, for example, there were a few things where they switched around the order that we were doing them in. So we should have went here first, but instead we went here second day two or, or whatever it might have been just because they're like, mm, it's going to get really busy at this site if we don't get there now. So they quick got us in, we did our thing. And by the time we're walking down the mountain, there's like a line of 3000 people trying to get up. But meanwhile, we had already seen it without anybody there. So that's another reason why you want to travel with them. They know how to move you through these places. So you are getting the best possible experience and you're not shoulder to shoulder with 3000 of you know, your new best friends. <laughs> All right. So we had left off. You had done the amazing day with the horses. And then you had had sort of like dinner on your own at the hotel. And now it's the next day. What's next? Well, I, so I forgot before we go to the next day, um, okay. which was the big day, um, the, after the horses, we had the afternoon on our own, but they decided to throw an optional excursion at us. And when you hear optional excursion with another tour company, it might mean something that you have to pay for, but not with ABD. This was 100% included. It just was not on the itinerary. They just decided to do this. We had enough time. We think that you people will be interested in this. We're going to go do this. If you want to stay and hang out at the hotel and get a spa treatment or take a horseback riding lesson, like, cool, you do you. Otherwise, meet us here at X time and we're going to go. So Justin and I almost sat this out because we were really tired. It was a long day, but we decided to go. And what they did was they brought us to um, the town of Urubamba, which is where we were staying. So like their little downtown square, it was maybe a three minute drive from the hotel. We get out, we walk through this town and we go to their market. What, you know, what would be their grocery store? And it was the most beautiful produce I've ever seen in my life. Like we are, we think we have good produce here in the States. We do not, do not kid yourself. We are pathetic compared to what I saw at this market. Like 
it was stunning. But so we walk through this market. This is where real people are doing their shopping. And at the end, our adventure guides look at us and say, we're going to give you each 10 soles, which is the equivalent of $2.50 in America. Um, and you have 20 minutes to buy as much food with those 10 soles as you can. All right, we're going to do like a little like cooking thing back at the hotel as much food as you can so you know, whether you wanted to go to the butcher the cheese shop buy the produce whatever you want to do 10 minutes or 20 minutes go so we all take off we go the amount of food that we got with our 10 soles two dollars and fifty cents i don't even think i could buy an apple for that where i live like that sounds about right yeah <laughs> like i so much food like easily a hundred pounds of food between the group of us that was there I think about like 25 people came out of our whole group they divide us up into two groups and they're like we're going to create a magic moment while you were shopping Rudy found two families in need on the street working on that one family was selling alfalfa sprouts or um, alfalfa grass to feed guinea pigs um, another family was selling tamales on a street corner and we are going to go donate all of this food to them and oh, so group one it's a random act of pixie dust yes yes just because and so this is a thing that ABD has started doing in Peru and maybe other developing nations. They don't do it on every itinerary. They don't do it in every destination. It just depends on when it works, where it works. Um, and the point was, is to give back to the community in which you are visiting um, because they are a big believer. I am a big believer. We should all be big believers in that travel isn't just about going, seeing the things, putting it on Instagram and then leaving. We want to make these places better, especially in a developing nation like Peru, where people don't have as much as we do. They are very poor. And so anything you can do to help, like visiting the, the Cusco textiles for women who need this money. We're, they're so close to Machu Picchu, but most people pass them by because they're in a tiny little village 10 minutes away. Like We're going to these places that nobody would go off the beaten path and we're giving back to the community. And so we walk out of the market, we go find these families on the street. One of them is this tiny little girl. Her mother had run to the bank and left this four-year-old girl to man the tamale station on her own. Um, and we give her all these food, this food and she didn't know what to do. Like she was just like, she's a child. She's like, oh my gosh. And our guide goes, tell her the crazy gringos gave it to you um, and then we go and find the other family and it's this old woman she had to be around 90 years old selling alfalfa which is what they feed guinea pigs there and just sitting on this little side street and we go and we give her this like i mean a giant bag of food and she just couldn't believe it like, she just broke down crying I also don't know how this woman got it home I mean, it weighed more than she did the amount of food right. we delivered to her but like it was, I mean, you should just see everybody sitting there crying. Like, it was just such a moving experience. Like, it was so appreciated, and it was not anything that was scripted or planned. It was just, we have this afternoon. We have enough people that are interested in going to the market. This is what we're going to do. And it, it's, I think that was probably everybody's favorite moment of the trip. Like, that's better than going to Machu Picchu. It just is. It, yeah. You know, you're interacting, you're giving back. Um, and so, and then after that, we went to this really amazing pottery um, place that, Charlotte, I'll tell you, I know you'll be super interested in. Um, but those are the moments that are not scripted and may not happen on your adventure to Peru. But if at all possible, they're going to do something like it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that 
Disney is starting to focus more on what is becoming known as responsible tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a real movement, I think, in the travel industry. And I think it's it, it's a great one. It's really interesting. It's important. Still, yeah, really yeah. important. Um, and like you said, you want to leave the places that you've been either the same or better than when you came. You know? If anybody is interested, I think it was on Netflix, but it could be on another streaming service. There was a... a a travel documentary I watched about a month ago um, about over tourism. If you're interested and you can't find it, put it, you know, in the the Facebook group, and I will I'll go back and try to find it. But it was about that. It was about over tourism, tourism, mm-hmm. and how we are ruining this planet. And I was like, no, don't say that. That's my job. It's my life. Um, and watching it was so interesting because the types of tourism they're talking about are not at all how I personally travel. You know, the people who go on cruises and just go to like the little beach club that's on the the water there and you never walk the 10 minutes inland to really help the poor people that need it. You know, like that type of tourism, not great because you're not giving back to those communities. Um, But if you can do things like this, and that's where that Cusco textile place was featured. Like if you can just go 10 minutes outside of the, the tourist center and really talk to the people that live there and meet those people, you're gonna have such a better experience than if you just were like, hey, I'm going to the all-inclusive bar that's on the Caribbean yeah. water, you know? Well, remember um, a few years ago when it was we were able to cruise to Cuba, part of that was you had to do an excursion that was helping the Cuban mm-hmm. community. Yeah, and I thought to get the tourist visa, it was required. Yeah. And I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hawaii yeah. has a big push on that now too. It's called Malama Hawaii, which is, Hey, come in, whether it's at the hotel you're staying at, or maybe you book a tour, it's about helping out the natives or cleaning up a beach or giving back to the islands of Hawaii versus, you know, I'm just going to go sit on Waikiki beach. Cause there's nothing wrong with sitting on Waikiki beach, but why don't you take a few hours and go and like, you know, help the sea turtles or something while you're there. Right. Yeah. Um, so now to get off my little soapbox about better traveling. Um, but that was just a very special moment. And then um, this is when we went back to the hotel and we had our dinner. But the next day was the big day. It was visit to Machu Picchu, which I also learned on this trip is not Machu Picchu. It's Machu Picchu. That first C is pronounced. Um, it, this was probably the the second thing I was looking forward to after the the textiles, and it was mind blowing. It's a wonder of the world for a reason. It it takes a minute to get there. It is not easy. So from our hotel, we had to go back to where we hiked those ruins the first day. We had to get on a train. It was an hour and a half train ride, and then you get to this little village that sprung up within like the last ten years at the bottom of Machu Picchu. Um, where everything had to be brought in by train. No, there's no car, there's no roads. So anything that is in this area has to be brought in by train. Um, and then from there, you get on a bus, which was also brought in by a train to go to the top of the mountain. And that's another half an hour drive. And then you get off, you're let off in this little parking lot. We had a lovely lunch before we got started. Um, and then we got to finally go to Machu Picchu. And there was probably a 45 minute line to get in. We did not have to wait in that line. Also, um, there are reservations required for Machu Picchu. You can't do them ahead of time. You kind of have to go and stand in line to get your ticket. And it might not even be that day 
that's available because obviously they're starting to limit the amount of people that visit every day, not only for COVID, but because of erosion and over tourism. Um, so you have to stand in line to get your ticket, your reservation. Your reservation could be any day within a three day period. Then when it's your time to go in, you have to come back and you have to stand in line just to get in. I did none of that. I was there with ABD. I just walked in. <laughs> Literally just, here's your ticket, go. And so we walked in um, and we had three guides with us at this point and we picked up two more within the park um, just because regulations dictate how many people a guide is allowed to tour around the site. You get into Machu Picchu, you have to do a minute of a walk up the mountain even higher. So you're probably walking for about 10 minutes and then you have this moment where it's just the reveal. You're on a dirt path and then all of a sudden you turn a little corner and it's there right below you. And we had the perfect day. It was a little bit drizzly, but the clouds held off because Machu Picchu is in a cloud forest, which is kind of like one step before the rainforest. So it's constantly foggy there and we were very lucky that it was not foggy so we could see Machu Picchu because that's what I was most nervous about and I think we spent an hour just taking pictures and videos of it before we actually started our tour because it was just it's so beautiful it's so stunning um if you've ever been to Pompeii it's a lot smaller than Pompeii but it is so high in the mountains and so far from anything that I have no idea how people wound up here um it was incredible. It, it was just incredible. It, everybody should see it. And also, I'm going to pause here to say that I know a lot of people will say Adventures by Disney is expensive. I am going to wait until later in life to do this. And I would encourage you, please don't wait until you're retired. Please don't wait until later in life. Um, this and many other destinations around the globe require you to be fairly active. There is a lot of walking required in Peru, a lot of hiking uphill at very, very high altitudes. And I cannot see if how if you were 70 years old, 75 years old, 80 years old, you would be able to do this. I work out every day and I was struggling. So just don't put everything off until later. Maybe it's just that's my my tip to you. Don't always try to put everything off. Sometimes you, you got to go for it and just bite the bullet and take that trip. Um, but eventually we got started on our tour through Machu Picchu. We go down into the, the city. We um, learned how they counted their calendar, how they told time. Um, it, it's just, it's fascinating. And then there are llamas all through it. So you get to play with the llamas too. You're not supposed to, but they walk up to you. So what can you do? Um, and then at the end, just before we're about to leave, um, we were sitting around talking our guides were explaining something and i hear one of our adventure guides go to justin what is that over there that that's weird and so he's like wait okay whatever and he picks it up and they did a little scavenger hunt for us so it was like um you know if you had children and it was fun for us i had a great time doing it but with kids like this is a way to make them more excited about a bunch of rocks that they're seeing um and basically you do a little scavenger hunt like maybe five minutes around the bottom of machu picchu to find some incan treasure um and they had given us each an Incan cross, which is a thing that we learned about on the trip. Um, it's a very important symbol to the Incans. And so they gave us an Incan cross necklace as our Incan treasure, which was very sweet. Um, and then we left Machu Picchu. I think we were there for like three hours. We left, we get back down to the village, we take the train home. 
there is a very weird fashion show on the train. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. I don't know how to explain it to you. Go on the adventure and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like, it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Um, And then the train stops. And this is where things went wrong again. (laughs) The train just didn't work. Like, there was a, a mechanical malfunction. And we sat on the tracks in the middle of the jungle for an hour and a half at night in the dark. Um, I don't want to do that on my own, but I didn't have to worry about it. My adventure guides were like, they bought out every snack that was left on the train. There was not a lot. They bought out everything, gave us all snacks, called ahead to our hotel. Cause all we were doing was going back to the hotel and just like sleeping and having dinner. We hadn't, cause it's a long day already. Anyway, they got the restaurant at the hotel to stay open early so we could have dinner, went back showered went to bed and then the next day we moved so we had spent four nights at Sol Ilona this beautiful beautiful uh Relay and Chateau uh hotel and now we were moving for our final two nights into Cusco proper um which is kind of like the big city of the Sacred Valley so we check out of this hotel but on the way we stopped um first at a little town called Pisac which is Almost like if I feel like if you were in Mexico where they have like those beautiful like adobe buildings with like the the clay red tile ceilings and like this beautiful old town square. It kind of looked like that, but it was we stopped there for an hour to do some shopping. And then we had another magical moment where our guides gave us 20 soles each and told us to go buy whatever we wanted because on our farewell dinner in two nights, we were going to have a white yama gift exchange for like, <laughs> like a white elephant, white yama. Um, you could buy whatever you want. You could buy something nice. You could buy something tacky, whatever. But the only rule was it had to be those 20 soles. That's it. Um, and so everybody set off trying to find their little gift and do some souvenir shopping for themselves. We got back onto the bus and then made our way to um, this really famous um, textile place just on top of Cusco. Um, This would basically be like the equivalent of shopping at like Chanel in Paris. This is how famous this particular atelier, we'll call it, is in Peru. but like it's not fancy like it's fancy but it's not fancy when you go there they this family has been weaving for a couple of hundred years and they make um all of the traditional incan patterns um so whether it's going to be on a shawl or a tablecloth or whatever it may be this is what they do and they also make sweaters and scarves and, and blankets and all of those things but before we learned about any of that they have an alpaca vicuña and yama farm on their property. And so ABD gave us all like like big stalks of alfalfa and said, go have fun and have, <laughs> go play. And we just spent a half an hour playing with yamas. You they might, did. You, uh, you, it would have been hard to pry me away from Oh, that. I did. I was the last one out of the pen. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, it was, it was probably the happiest I, I had been on that trip. Like it was just like, they're coming up to, I'm terrified of llamas, by the way. I don't trust them. So I hung out with the vicuñas and the alpacas, but like they just come up to you and they take the food and you can pet them and they're like little clouds. And I found out that if they're wearing earrings, it means that they're married. I don't know what being married means to a llama, but that's what it means. Um, And they're like, here, whoever takes the funniest 
alpaca selfie that you're going to get a prize for later in the trip. And like, we just, <laughs> it was like being a child and it was just, it was so much fun and they were so fluffy and soft and cute. And I just wanted to smush them. Um, but I'm going to pause here and say, this is not something that I had given any consideration to, um, but I feel like people do. Um, Adventures by Disney is not like a normal tour company. We talked about responsible tourism. Um, they don't take you to animal experiences if they are not 100% approved by their animal sciences team at Animal Kingdom. Um, so what does that mean? You're not going to hold a koala in Australia. You are not going to ride an elephant in Thailand. And people get upset about these, these, these things and they don't book these trips with ABD because of it. They want to go to... Uh, Australia and hold a koala. Well, why aren't we doing that? Because koalas sleep 22 hours a day. By keeping this koala awake for you to hold it, you are interrupting their um, circadian rhythms and their body cycle. And that's not good. I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. I get really cranky when I am kept awake longer than I want to. So um, Adventures by Disney partners with their animal sciences and animal care teams at Animal Kingdom and Epcot for every adventure they do around the world. Um, and if they do not give their 100% stamp of approval, not only are the animals humanely treated, they are well taken care of, and it is not disrupting their natural tendencies in any way, shape, or form. If we don't abide by that, we don't do it. So anywhere in the world that ABD has an animal experience, you can feel good about it knowing that it is very safe for the animal, um, that they are taken care of, that everything is kosher, um, which is why we were allowed to go play with llamas and alpacas. So I, I just needed to throw that out there because that's not something that I was aware of before. Um, I didn't even know that they didn't ride animals or elephants in Thailand, and I don't know why you would want to. They're giants and they can sit on you. Um, but anyway. <laughs> something to think about so we um go for after we play with our llamas and alpacas we are given um kind of like a little lecture slash demonstration on how these people weave um and how they dye the the different wools i also found out that the cactus that i have in my backyard what i thought was a mold on it is actually a parasitic beetle that they crush up and it turns like bright like magenta pink and that's how they dye a lot of wools and also our lipsticks ladies that beetle is in a lot of lipsticks so i will start making us lipsticks from my backyard um basically all they do <laughs> is it the beetle is powder white it looks like a mold and they crush it up and it just turns like this bright pink and then if they put like a little bit of water on it it turns orange um if they put something else in it it turns pink and that's how they get all the colors for these natural dyes so nothing is synthetic it's all very natural which i thought was cool um and then they set us loose shopping where i spent so much money at this place that i was given a free little um coin purse uh, <laughs> but i was warned justin ahead of time that i was buying all of the alpaca things and i bought all of the alpaca things and it is 91 degrees here today in los angeles so i cannot wear my alpaca things but one day i will <laughs> She sent us a picture of everything she had bought all laid out on the bed, and it's quite the haul. <laughs> Some of that was fun surprises from ABD, but most of it was my like my obscenely expensive blanket that I got for Clyde, which he can't wear until he's done healing from his surgery. But this dog now has, I bet you, the most expensive blanket in any of our houses, probably of <laughs> all of our houses combined. And Justin's like, you can't buy that for the dog. And I'm like, that is the only thing the dog likes in life. So he's getting the blanket. <laughs> 
can't just buy him a ball anymore. Um, so anyway, I'm getting distracted. After we bought all of the alpaca things, we got back in the bus and we went down into Cusco, which is another world-class city. I mean, I, who knew I, that Peru just had so much diversity and so much culture and just it's so much more than Machu Picchu. Um, but so we had a wonderful lunch at this beautiful old historic square um, in the center of Cusco. And then they set us loose. They're like, you have the afternoon free, do whatever you want with it. Dinner was not included that night. So I had every intention of going and getting noodles, but I never made it past my hotel bar where a group of like 20 of us just sat all night hanging out and laughing. Um, and then the next day was our last evening, our last full day of the trip. I had an extra full day to myself, but this was going to be our last day of the ABD. Um, and we started with breakfast where they had a harp player every morning, which I thought was fun. Um, and then we drove up to ruins called Saxay Woman. Um, and so it's like they knew all of us ladies were coming. And so this is actually the biggest, um, I don't want to call it a drawing because it is not a drawing. It is very much like ruins stacked upon each other it was a city in which they lived but it's two and a half miles long built in the shape of a puma um and it just, they have maps there where you can see it from above and it was really cool so we learned all about sexy women and how they put these blocks together and i had never heard of this place but what's cool about it is that they have these stones that are like eight to nine feet tall and they're all hand carved so that they all fit together perfectly um there's no mortar nothing used to hold the stones together they just fit and then as you walk around cusco you can compare what an incan wall looks like and a spanish wall and what we think of as industrialized and spanish and european and amazing is so shoddy compared to an Incan wall like they just did things <laughs> nicer um and so it's funny because on what you would be walking down a road and on this side is the Incan wall and this side is the Spanish wall and you're like oh, you can't even compare them like this this looks like it's about to fall apart and the Incan wall is you know 700 years old 800 years old and it's still perfect um but so we toured these ruins they had um, a bunch of like hidden Mickeys in them, but like hidden llamas and hidden, like they designed things out of the rocks and hid them in there. Um, and then at the end of the, the ruins, we walked down into Cusco and into the house of a music instructor who is kind of an expert of from pre-Incan through modern um, instruments. And we learned about the evolution of instruments throughout Peruvian times. And then we got to build a pan flute and play our pan flute. The only thing worse that I, I am only worse at building a pan flute in playing a pan flute. I can do neither. I was so atrocious at it. Like, and Justin's just over here like, yeah, it's no big deal. And I'm like, my hands are too clumsy. I can't. It, it was a disaster. But it was... We did. Did we did pan flutes when I was in Ecuador with ABD. Yeah, super fun. Could you I, build it? I couldn't build it. Yeah. It kept falling apart. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I still so have it. She built it. I, I still <laughs> have it somewhere. Um, I, I mean, I could play it a little bit, but it was nothing like the guy who was the professional flautist. Oh, I was so <laughs> irritated with Justin. He just, like, picked it up, 
built it after it was built he just like he didn't even look like you know over here they're like here is how you play happy birthday which by the way didn't even make sense to me it just it looked like nothing and he's just like didn't even look at it he's just like and yeah. blew on it three times and he's like oh i did it by ear and i'm like i hate you it's fine um i was awful at it but it was so what was interesting to me was seeing these instruments this man was picking up like there's one that looked like a water picture pitcher but with birds on it and like you would cover certain holes there was water in the bottom and as he would tip it back and forth it sounded like birds were chirping yeah, like that's it was cool the coolest thing and and then there was this beaut it was more of a modern uh, instrument obviously but this beautiful guitar that sounded like a harp like it was it was almost like he was hypnotizing us he started playing this and it was so like light and peaceful and we all just like it was just dead silence <laughs> um but then after we did that uh we had the afternoon free for ourselves so uh justin and i walked into town and i got my tofu noodles um and then we just kind of wandered around a little bit relaxed in the hotel and then it was our farewell dinner um and you know we've all done abds and we know farewell dinners are fun it's your chance to like say goodbye your adventure guides put a slideshow on of all the pictures that they've took throughout your trip and half the things that you've forgotten that happened on day one and it's so fun but i will say I have never had a farewell dinner like this this might be the most fun thing i have ever done in my life it was it was bizarre and and wonderful it started in this beautiful the hotel that you stay at in Cusco, by the way is a new one that they stay at and you're in an old incan palace so it's you've got like these what feel like dungeon walls with like candles and it's so pretty and they have buffet with all this food lined up and then you sit down and they you know give you your little like spiel about how much fun we had and then all of a sudden all of these like incan gods started running in the room and they did a performance which was beautiful and then after their 10 minute performance all of a sudden they just started grabbing you out of your chair you had no idea what was happening like just ripped you like there's a video of me filming the performance where this guy with a mask and a giant nose runs up at me grabs me i throw my phone the guy sitting behind me picks up, you see his face and he's like, I don't know. And then just starts filming with my phone and then he's filming, but he gets dragged in. So my phone gets tossed again. Like it was just, it was so much chaos, but so fun. You felt like you were at a wedding. That's the only way I can describe it. Like you felt like you were at a Greek wedding where everybody's dancing and clapping and singing and you're switching partners. And then there was a big circle and then there wasn't a circle and then there was pom-poms and then you were going under a bridge. And it was just like 10 minutes of just pure, like, festivity it was so much fun um and then you know everybody takes their pictures with the 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 gods and then we all eat our dinner and then we did our white yama gift exchange which went on forever um, because of course everybody wants to steal from everyone and then it was time to say goodbye we uh went around and everybody said what they loved the most from the trip we saw our our slideshow and that was it the trip was over we also got more presents from our adventure guides there they were very generous and we got like little um llama keychains. like we got gifts at every turn on that everywhere we went every site that we saw there was some new like inkin gift that we were being given so that's where half of my souvenirs came from it sounds incredible i mean the the final dinner on any adventures by disney is always like such a highlight you know because you've had such a like once in a lifetime experiences with this group of people you become like almost bonded 
Yes, you become friends, like you, your family, like everybody cries when they leave, which sounds ridiculous because only seven days ago you were strangers, but you experience so many incredible things that nobody back home knows. They didn't experience it with you. So you have this kind of shared experience going for you. you love each other at the end of this. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, it sounds like an amazing trip. So that was the end of the official Adventures by Disney. But then you had another day, right? Yeah, just because um, I don't know if this is always or just because COVID times and airfare isn't normal yet. Um, we had another full day in Cusco before we flew back home because our flights back home were red eyes. Uh, and that's just the only option there was. So Justin and I got to spend a whole day in the city of Cusco proper, just kind of tooling around and seeing things that we didn't see. Um, and I appreciated that I had this extra time because even though I got to do so much in Cusco with ABD, there was so much we didn't get to. It's, it's such a strange city because it's a mix of Peruvian, Spanish. I almost felt like it reminded me a little bit of Sonoma, California. Like it's just this big mishmash of cultures. And mm -hmm. like you can eat at the Italian restaurant over here. You can eat at the Chinese restaurant. You can eat at the Peruvian restaurant. Here's the sandwich shop. Of course, there's a KFC, a Starbucks, and a McDonald's. Like <laughs> you want sushi? They have sushi. Like there was so much to do. So we spent, uh, you know, we had a lazy morning, hung around the hotel, had a late breakfast, and then we set out and we went to the catacombs. It is a Catholic country, even though they still believe in their Incan gods. They were taken over by the Spanish and they are very, very Catholic. Um, and so in Cusco alone, there were something like 20 cathedrals, not even churches, cathedrals, stunning, beautiful cathedrals. Um, and so we went to one of them where they have catacombs uh, because I am so bitter that I did not get to the catacombs in Paris. So now I just go to catacombs everywhere just to make up for it. Um, but these were strange catacombs in that there were still bones in them like they are in Paris, but like they're laid out in like little dioramas i guess i don't know and then there's like buckets of bone. it was it was very bizarre um they, it was very small it's not really a catacomb it's more of like the basement of the church type of situation but it was cool to see um we went and sh we just kind of walked around and shopped and, and saw what we were going to see and just people watched and hung out in this square um had a late lunch and then it was time to leave and it was really sad i didn't want to leave I didn't want to leave. I loved the hotel. I had made friends in Cusco of different people that we saw everywhere that we went. Uh, the hotel also, I'm just going to throw this in there. If you stay, when you they do a nightly free hotel tour that is so worth taking. There's a surprise ending and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And they also do a nightly Pisco Sour making class completely free. That was fun. We took advantage of that one night. Um, what else? Yeah, I we just kind of hung out that last day and kind of recapped what we had done and and bought some pom poms because it was the one thing I didn't get and I needed pom poms. Obviously, yeah. All right. So, what would your one piece of advice be for somebody who is considering the Peru Adventure by Disney? So, uh, oh gosh, go now. Please, like I said earlier, please don't wait. Don't wait until you're retired or the kids are older the kids are gonna love it abd makes sure the kids would love it um it's just it's a lot it altitude is a lot drink a lot of water go slowly and go now because i can't imagine trying to climb some of these things that we climbed in 20 years from now like 
you know, I don't save all your travel until you're retired. I think that's something that we think in the United States, like I'm going to see all this when I retire. Well, one, I hope you make it to retirement. Not all of us are that lucky. And two, you're not going to be as active as you are now. So certain destinations really would benefit you to go now. And I truly think Peru is one of them. I, it's a lot. It's it's very active. And you need to know that. Um, not to say that you can't do it. We had a woman who was just paralyzed six months ago um, and has just started to learn walking again. And she was determined she was going to do this trip. And she did it. But it hurt her. And it took her a long time. So not to say that you can't do it. But if you are able-bodied now and you have been request, uh, you know, considering this, why wait? Start putting the plan into action. Love that. Love that. And I have... A few notes that I wrote that I, I was taking notes while I was on this trip. Like, I have to mention this. I have to mention this. Um, I will say, um, I think that what sets ABD apart from doing this on your own, besides everything that I've mentioned, if we haven't convinced you that ABD is worth the price tag, um, I just want to talk about the adventure guides. Yes, they are tour guides, but I personally have done two different guided tour companies this year. Um, and I will tell you that ABD is just hands down worlds above any other company because they're tour your adventure guides aren't just tour guides that are like I'm going to drop you here tell you about this church and then you have 2 hours to wander around like they're entertaining you you have an american guide and you have a guide that is local to your destination and what that means is that the american guide can kind of bridge the gap between the local culture and American culture, they can make sure you have ice on your table for your drinks, or they can let you know that you're not going to have air conditioning. So you're prepared ahead of time. Um, they, the local guide is the one that knows the culture. So you're not just traveling with somebody from Italy when you're going to Peru and they have no idea what the local lore is. Like you have somebody that grew up learning this. And so you really get more of an in-depth thing. They can tell you what the locals do. They can tell you where the locals go. And so they're acting as your concierges. Their main goal is that you are comfortable on these trips. And then they pull in further local experts to really teach you about each destination. So they don't have to know everything about every place. They're just there to make sure everything is good. They're fun. They're funny. They tell you stories. You bond with them. They're, they act like the mom of the trip. They're, like you said, snacks, water, bug spray, sunblock, aspirin anything that you might need. Like we went water rafting. They're like, here's a wet bag for your bathing suit. Like they, they have everything that you'll need. So you don't have to think about it and carry it. Um, and that's invaluable. And then, um, I think also where ABD really shines is the exotic adventures. You can go to the American Southwest. You can go to new England. You can go to Southern California with ABD and you're going to have a great time. Don't get me wrong. I've been on some of those trips. You're going to love it. But I think where ABD is the best are places like Peru, China, Vietnam, because, <coughs> excuse me, they are taking you around these destinations where you don't know the culture and you don't know the language and they are making it seamless and just immersing you in it and you don't have to worry. So they make these places fun and accessible as opposed to scary and out of reach. I love that. I, I my first adventure by Disney, I really, the, the what I kept likening the adventure guides to is like a wedding planner. <laughs> you know, like yes. Yes. That, per, that person who is in charge of everything and has everything you could possibly need or think of on that day. Like yep. that's your adventure guide. 
Yeah, they they just take care of everything that you didn't even know that you needed. They have like my one guide. She one of our guides was female. <coughs> Excuse me, my throat is dry. For, that means I talked too much. Um, one day I had a sweater on because it was going to be you know somewhat chilly, and she's like, "It's not going to be chilly where we're going." I know that the weather said you should go put on a t-shirt. I'm like. I didn't pack a t-shirt. It's supposed to be sweater weather here the whole time. She's like, hold on, come with me. And she gave me her t-shirt to wear because she knew four hours from now I was going to need one. Like that's, they take care of things that you didn't know you needed taken care of. That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) All right. Any other notes? Um, Yes. My last note is that if this sounds amazing to you, but you think you don't like guided tours or you don't like traveling with strangers, I get you. I don't particularly love that either. I forget it all once I'm on an ABD because you're having such a good time and you're, these strangers become your friends. But if you are not convinced, ABD offers private adventures. You can do the exact same itinerary. I think it's at like 10 or 15 destinations around the globe. It's not all of them, but they're major ones. They offer private adventures and Peru is one of them. Um, And you can take up to 12 guests with you. So if that's just mom, dad, and three children, or it's mom, dad, grandma, aunt, great grandma, whomever, best friend down the street, you can take up to 12 people that you know and do the same itinerary, even tweak it more towards your personal uh, likes and dislikes and then go. You'll have your adventure guides. You'll have your experience, but you're only doing it with people that you know. Um, and it's not all that much more expensive than if you were doing a regular adventure. Um, so that's something to consider if you've never thought considered ABD because you don't like traveling with strangers. This is a way around that. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. Well, that does it for episode two of season two of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Uh, Don't forget to join our Facebook group where we'll be discussing all of these things. Don't forget to send us your listener questions for an upcoming listener Q&A episode. Um, We are hoping to do one that is Adventures by Disney, but we will take any and all questions that you care to send us. You can email us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com, or of course, you can always post them in the Facebook group. Uh, If you are a Patreon supporter, stay tuned. Our Patreon Extra will be coming up next. If you are not a Patreon supporter, why not? Do you not love us? Do you not love <laughs> these podcasts that we create for you? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess to become a supporter. It really helps us out and helps us, um, you know, to be able to continue to create content for you, um, which is our favorite thing to do. We love this. So be sure to do that. Uh, and that's it. Patreon supporters, stay tuned for your extra. And everybody else, we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.